word of the Lord says that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. So if you have breath in your lungs, uh, I'd like to invite you guys to uh, arise and let's just praise the Lord for He is good and His love and mercy endures forever.
sisters with this scripture from John 4, 13, 14 says, this story about the, the Samaritan woman who met Jesus the Messiah and Jesus answered and said to her whoever drinks of this water will thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life it's awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that we are in constant satisfaction in Christ Jesus. If there's anything in us, if there's any room in our lives that we haven't surrendered, Father, right now, we just want to give ourselves away. Not just a small part of our lives, but every room in our lives, Father. Maybe finances, maybe in health, in a relationship, Father. That instead of asking more of you, Father, you've already given yourself to us, Father, through the Holy Ghost. You can't give us more of you, Father. So right now we confess we want to give more of ourselves to you, Father. And we surrender every room, every space to you, Jesus. Give myself away. 
give myself away so you can use me I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you I give. I give. I give. I give myself away. Myself away, so you. One more time. Give myself away. Give myself away, so you can use every voice. Give myself away. Myself away so you can use me. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together. together wonderful to me here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God you're all together lovely all together Come on, let's sing your response to God. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together
Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Morning Star, the Lily of the Valley. You are the first and the last, Alpha and Omega, the resurrection and the life. Oh, we give you praise. You are Lord of Lords. You are the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being who you are. You are the Prince of Peace. We worship you. We magnify you. We exalt you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word shall never pass away. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have a seat. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. We are going to bless the Lord with our giving. Praise the Lord. The scripture says, first of all, well, it says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, do not be weary in well-doing, for in due time you shall weep if you faint not. You know, we, there are certain things we do consistently, like waking up every day, showering, brushing our teeth, eating. There are certain things we do every day. And we ought not to get weary of those things because those are things we ought to do. And so in the area of giving the Word of God says, do not be weary in well-doing. But it also says that in due time you shall reap. There's a harvest that comes with it. And, um, you know, it's like sowing seed. You keep sowing seed, there's going to be a harvest, a corresponding harvest. And for that reason, Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 6 says, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, whether this or that, or whether both shall bring forth a like good. Amen? So I just want to encourage you, not only in your giving, but also in being a bona fide giver. Amen? Praise the Lord. Just like a farmer, what does he do? He forms. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So there's a number of ways that you can give. The instruction is on your screen. You can give by, um, by text. You can give by e-transfer. And there's a few other ways as well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so I just want to thank God right now, Father God, for those faithful ones, those that are faithful to you, those who operate in this arena of giving and receiving. Thank you, Lord God, that in blessing you bless them, and in multiplying you multiply them. Thank you, Lord, that your word has already been declared over their lives, that to be willing and obedient, they shall eat the good of the land. So I thank you that that's happening in their lives. I thank you that harvest is coming to them because they are bona fide givers and because of their consistency, Lord God. Lord, you say that when we do things as unto you, 
Whatever we do is unto you. We know that from you shall we shall receive the reward of the inheritance. So I just thank you that there is a perpetual, continual harvest that is coming to them upon every wave. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Is something up with the light? Is this? Okay, praise God. Because <laughs> it's... Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, before we go to the word, I just want to encourage um, everyone, those online. Um, we are going to have communion at the end of the message today. It's going to be a point of contact wherein we'll be able to release our faith, and um, particularly in the area of healing and divine health. So I just want to encourage you to go and get your communion elements and get them ready. You know, bread, juice, whatever the case might be. Praise God forevermore. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen? Let's stand for a moment and let's just pray and believe God for his word and his anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Let's make this confession with me, both here and online. Say, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. It is given to me to know the mysteries of the kingdom. I have the legal right to have understanding to have comprehension, to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the name of Jesus. So I open up my heart in Jesus' name and I receive your word today. I receive truth. May your truth be engrafted into my heart. May it shine upon my pathways and may it order my steps that I might walk in the way of the Lord. That I might walk in righteousness. That I might walk in truth. And that I might walk in divine health. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have a seat. Praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And we say so. I am the redeemed of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Today we're going to be talking about healing and living in divine health. Living in divine health. And you could say the subtitle or the title of the message is, is this. It's a question and an answer. Is divine health obtainable? Absolutely. Is divine health obtainable? Absolutely. Now, divine health is living in a place where you are free from illnesses, it's not that illnesses and sicknesses do not exist. They do exist. But however, it's living in a place so that it is forbidden from existing in you. The word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 and 9 that the enemy goes about seeking whom he may devour. But if you resist him steadfast in the faith, you are not going to be one of those that he devours. Well, similarly... Sickness and disease, viruses and, and COVID this and COVID that, right? Goes about seeking whom they may devour. 
But if we know how to and we resist it, steadfast in the faith, it's not going to be able to successfully afflict us. It is like gravity. Gravity is real. However, you can still fly an airplane. And the reason why you can fly an airplane is not because gravity ceases to exist, but rather because of the law of lift and aerodynamics. So sickness and disease do exist. But because of certain principles of the kingdom of God, you can live above it. It says in Romans chapter 8 verse 2 that the law of the spirit of life in Christ makes you free from the law of sin and death. And it is as if the law of sin and death is gravity and the law of the spirit of life in Christ are those laws of aerodynamics. And so that, by, so that you can rise above sickness and disease and the law of sin and death. And that is where the focus of this teaching today is going to be. To bring you to the place and to the understanding of knowing that yes, divine health is available to you and that it is obtainable, but also to, 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 to position you to be able to receive it and to walk it out. Amen? Praise the Lord. The thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. 1 John 5, 18 says that whosoever is born of God, those that are born of God, they keep themselves and the wicked one toucheth him not. Now I'm speaking in the context of sickness and disease. Toucheth him not. Jesus said in John 14, verse 30, he says, the wicked one cometh, but he has nothing in me. And so here we are because the reality when we get down to it and we talk about how do we live in this divine health, it really will come down to the issue of righteousness. It's really going to come down to, the, to Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's going to really come down to that very life and nature of God that is in you, dominating you and learning to walk in it. First Peter chapter 2, sorry, Second Peter chapter 1, glory to God. So let's begin to dive into this. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse, reading from verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied. And don't forget, whenever you're talking peace, it also includes, it includes prosperity, it includes wholeness. It includes your welfare, it includes divine health. Grace and peace be multiplied to you, how? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us, Given to us what? All things. What's all things? All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who have called us to glory. And that word glory is the very excellency of God. It is the manifested goodness of God. He has called us to glory and virtue. And because he has done that, because he's called us to glory and virtue, in order for that to become a reality in our experience, he has given unto us his divine power, and all things that pertain unto life and, and godliness so that we can have that glory, we can have that excellence, we can walk in it. And then it goes on to say in verse 4, by, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. Why? So that by these promises we might be partakers of the divine nature. So here is the divine nature. This divine nature has all of the divine nature of God. There is no sickness, no disease, or anything within that, that divine nature. And it is saying that the promises of God are a very means by which we can take the part of the divine nature that we need and escape the corruption that is in the world. 
The world don't have the divine nature available to them, but we do. So if we can function in that divine nature, then we can escape the corruption that is in this world. All right. So which brings us to this to the point. What is it? What is gonna? What is it, what is required of us? What is it gonna? T- what is it require of us for us to live in that divine nature? For us to live in this place of of, of um, obtaining and enjoying and living in divine health. Amen. Living in divine health. Sickness and disease, it happens. Viruses happen. But we want to live in such a place. And there is such a place. Romans 8 verse 2 calls that place, describes it as the law of the spirit of life in Christ. That place in God. That place where sickness and disease, yes, it may come. Viruses may come. But as it comes in contact with that life, it is destroyed. Anyway, let me, let me just go along and get, to there, there, get there when I get there. And not try to jump ahead. Now, what I'm gonna say, some of what I'm going to say might, sound, might seem like an exaggeration. Talking about absolute divine health. Talking about living in this divine health. It is obtainable. It is absolutely obtainable. And, and from a natural standpoint, it, and from a religious mindset, it will seem like exaggeration. If you judge it by the world around us where we are used to stuff like common cold, it will seem like an exaggeration. But in order to get a hold of this, so let me, let me, let me say a couple of things. Number one, you're going to have to dare to believe right. You have to believe right. If you don't believe right, this is not gonna, you're not going to be able to live this out. You're not going to be able to walk this out. What do you mean by believing right? To believe right, <laughs> God is right. I I mean, it ought to end right there. To believe right is to believe the way God believes. It is to believe the way God believes. The scripture says in in Romans 3, verse 3 and 4, what if some did not believe? Does that make God unfaithful? If some did not believe, is God going to still believe? And what if some does not believe but you believe? Is God going to be unfaithful to you who believe? What if some believe that that healing has passed away, but you believe, no, according to the word of God, it is still very present, and you believe God. Is God going to overlook you? No. So the thing is, you got to believe the way God believes. And so it will go on to say in Romans chapter 3 and verse 4, let God be true, and every man a liar, that you might be justified when you are judged. Which is to say then, your believing cannot be based on your own opinion. Your believing cannot be based on history, experience, what somebody else thinks. It should should not even be based on some kind of theology. Your believing has got to be, number one, accord. It needs to be the way God believes. And how does God believe? God believes according to his word. So your believing has to be according to that, to his word. And for that reason, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17 says, you and I have received the same spirit of faith according as it is written, we believe and therefore speak. Abraham got the miracle that he did. You know why? Because he believed before God according as it was written, according as it had been spoken unto him. Mary she believed according as it was spoken unto him. You've got to believe according to the word of God. Can you imagine if Mary decided to believe based on some kind of some, some other kind of reasoning or logic or, 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 or what she may Google? How can a virgin conceive? 
but she believed according as it was spoken. Same, and so this is what is required. So you got to dare to believe, and you got to believe according to God, not according to tradition, not according to opinions, not according to experience, not according to statistics, not according to logic, but you've got to believe according to the word of God, number one. Number two, you need to believe according to grace. What do I mean by that? Well, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9, Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that your heart be established by grace. It is good that your heart, your mind, your thinking, that your thinking be established by grace, that your thinking be programmed by grace. Well, what is grace? Well, on the one hand, it's unmerited favor, right? At a certain level, it's unmerited favor. So it means then that when it comes to this issue of living in divine health, your thinking is going to have to be programmed by what? By unmerited favor. It's not about me deserving it. It's not because I've earned it. It's not because you pay the price for it. In fact, it will say in Titus chapter 3 verse 5, not by works of righteousness which you have done, but it's according to his mercy. And there is a mercy of divine health that is available. It's according to his mercy. So you saw your believing must be according to grace. But then there's another element of grace, which is the sufficiency of God, the provision of God, the enablement of God. It is said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, where God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. So what is the grace of God? It is sufficiency for, for thee. God said that. That's not theology. That's not in, God said, my grace is sufficiency for thee. So grace is the sufficiency, the provision, the enablement of God. Now let me ask you something. Does God have enough power, sufficiency, and ability to, to help you, to make you live in divine health, to give you divine health? Does he have that ability? Well, you got to believe according to that. And then again, the grace is Christ himself. Grace is not just some doctrine. You know, I don't believe this grace stuff. Sorry, grace is Christ himself. The law was given by Moses. Grace came to Jesus. Jesus himself is the very grace of God. So you got to believe according to that. And I'm telling you right now, to believe according to Christ himself. He is the grace of God. And when you get right down to it, he is your life. He is going to be your divine health. The scripture will say in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, that Christ is made unto you righteousness, wisdom. But it is also said he's made unto you redemption. That's divine health right there. He has made unto you redemption, redeemed from, and redeemed unto. Redeemed from sickness, disease, and all of that, and redeemed unto God. What do you mean redeemed unto God? Redeemed unto that eternal life. Redeemed unto that nature of God. Christ himself is your life. Christ himself is the grace. Of his fullness we have received grace on top of grace. Now let me say something right now. Big the simplicity of the gospel the simplicity of the gospel is Christ. That's not fancy. <laughs> so when people come up with a whole, the simplicity of the gospel is Christ. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. He says, you know what? He said, man, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for you. I'm concerned that somehow or the other, you know, someone might come along with some kind of theology, come along with some kind of reasoning, come along with some kind of logic and seduce you away from the simplicity of Christ the same way Eve was beguiled. Are you with me? 
Now, unfortunately, we are in a time today where that is prevalent. And some have departed from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, rather than believing the simplicity of Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the confident expectation that, yes, this divine health is real and it is obtainable. Let your heart be established with what? Grace. With the reality of the person of Christ and so on. Hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let me say this right while, while, I'm, while, I'm, while I'm right here. Christ himself, that is the, centris, the centrality of the gospel. You study the book of Colossians. You study the book of Ephesians. If you could just walk it through in your mind, you will find it's all about Christ. It's about Jesus even in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10, it says the testimony of Jesus. That is the spirit of prophecy. That is the essence of it. Amen. Christ. Christ is, the, Christ is your healing. Christ is your health. Now, but I, I, I'm not quite there yet, but it keeps coming up. The scripture says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, you are dead and your life has been hid with Christ in God. And then it goes on to say in verse 4, now hear this, Christ, him, when Christ who is your life, when Christ who is your life, when Christ who is your life shall appear. There it is again. It's not theology. You don't have to come up with reasoning. You don't have to come up with interpretation. When God says is, he means is. Right? You don't have to help him. When Christ, who is your life. Now, what you can do is you can search for other scriptures that can support that fact. Such as Galatians 2 verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live, it's the life of Christ. And I live it by the faith of the Son of God. So Christ himself is your life. Christ himself is your life. All right. We're talking about living in divine health. Is this obtainable? Is this reality? Is this a joke? Is this real? Is it available? Is it available to you? Well, Christ is your life. Well, guess what? 1 John 4, 17 says, As he is, so are you. That way you can stand firm with boldness and confidence in the day of judgment, in the day of a bad report. You can stand firm because as he is, so are you. As he is. Well, how is he? He is your life. How is he? Is he sick? Can he be sick? How is Jesus? Is he in divine health? Is it wrong for you to claim and believe the word of God that as he is, so am I in this world? And if as he is, so am I in this world, then as he is, so am I to be in this world. Is that wrong? Well, how is he? He has health. He has divine health. In fact, he dwells. To listen to the moment. Because don't forget, when you see Jesus, you see you. Because he is your life. The scripture says in, in Hebrews chapter 2, how God has given us dominion even over all the works of his hands. But it doesn't look like it. But then you know what it goes on to say? But we see Jesus. In other words, you see Jesus and you see your own authority. We see Jesus. Well, what does Jesus look like? The scripture says, and the first of all, it says God is light. And in him there's no darkness at all. God, 
Jesus is so much light. And when the light shines in the darkness, the darkness couldn't stop it. And that's like the life. That's like this life, this healing, this divine life of Christ. There is no death in it. There is no darkness in it. It says in Ephesians, sorry, in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 16, that he alone dwells. He alone has immortality. Remember that word. That's an immunity to death, by the way. He alone has immortality dwelling in the light. He has immortality dwelling in the light. And guess what? He is made unto you redemption. Guess what? Ephesians 5 verse 30 says, You are a member of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. That's divine health right there. Now think about it. Think about it. God is a... In other words, Jesus is so much light. Can you imagine some kind of darkness or virus trying to hit him? No, it will be destroyed. Well, that's the law of the spirit of life in Christ that destroys and overcomes and overrides the law of sin and death and sickness and disease from Romans 8 verse 2. And it is in, right in there is how it's going to take for you to live in divine health. But you got to know some stuff. You got to believe some stuff. You got to think a certain way. You got to talk a certain way. You got to act accordingly. You got to think and talk and act like as he is. Amen? Glory to God. Think about this for a moment. Is God a consuming fire? Does the scripture say that? Does it not say that God is a fire from his loins up to his loins down? Well, God was a consuming fire. Can you imagine a virus surviving in the body or, or, or in the fire of God? Can you imagine that? You can't conceive of that, can you? Now, you see, it is important because you see your vision, what you see, your vision, what you got to see what he says. Your vision is the exact, is the eyes of your faith. Your vision is, 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 um, is like the, is like the steering wheel of the car. The car is great. The car is powered. The car has all of these, all of these features. But without this, and it has capacity and potential, but without the steering wheel, you're going to model, you might probably crash. You can't get to, well, that's, well that, that's how important your vision is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So it's important to see this stuff. This is not, this is not some kind of new age mind, mind game. This is real. Where there is no vision, my people perish. But where there is vision, they prosper. Amen. God is a consuming fire. Is that right? Right? And as you said, you can't see no virus surviving that fire. Well, let me ask you something. Is God in you? Well, that has got to mean that God that is a consuming fire, that consuming fire is in you. But you got to see that. You got to believe that. So I'm saying to start with, you got to dare to believe right. And it will take some effort. It says you got to labor to enter into that rest. Christ himself is the rest. He is the Sabbath. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavily labor. I'll give you rest. Don't waste all your energy fighting and struggling over bread and over food, which is going to perish. But he says you labor in this. John chapter 6 verse 28. He says you are to labor to believe on him. If you put it another way, Labor to believe the way he believes. That's important. That's a good one right there. In other words, you got to labor to believe how he believes. 
It takes no effort to believe the way you believe. <laughs> but the problem is the way you believe hasn't exact, doesn't exactly produce much. Not in the kingdom of God it doesn't. It doesn't take much to believe the way the world believes or the way some... some no, but you got to believe the way Jesus believed. He says, labor to believe on me. Now, Jesus said to Martha and Mary, even though their brother was dead, he says, look, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Now, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Did he say that? And he says, he that believeth in me, even though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever liveth, say, that's me. Are you, are you liveth? <laughs> he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. You got to dare to believe this. Shall never die. Let me just throw this in right here. Hebrews 2 verse 9. He tasted death for everyone. Say, I'm a everyone. So he tasted death for me. Now, it's getting quiet. <laughs> right? But, but, but no, I, 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 I'm challenging you to believe because I gotta, we got to break every traditional mindset of unbelief. And we got to break it. And the way you break it is with the hammer of the word of God. The word of God is like a hammer. It's like a fire. It can burn it up. It can crack it. It can destroy it. Amen. Now, Jesus says, he that liveth, that's me, and believeth in me shall never die. Why is that? Because, you see, what is he saying? That dynamic of death will cease to operate. That dynamic of death that he tasted will not operate. And I'll tell you this. Sickness is nothing more than death in slow motion. Are you with me? All right. Now, what I'm saying, now what is required to you today is basically this. One thing. Out of this message, you need to, this is what has to happen. You need to only believe. And you need to dare to believe right. That means you got to believe like God believes. All right. So the question now is, how do you take your healing? How do you take it? How do you live in divine health? Well, the answer is going to be faith. Because, you know, everything is settled. It's all settled in heaven. It's all done. It's all finished. But this is the victory that overcomes. This is the arm that reaches into the realm of the spirit where it's done and where it's finished and receives. It's your faith. It is a faith that it might be by grace. Romans 4 and verse 16. So that the promise is available to everyone. All right. But now faith involves a couple of things. It involves thinking. It involves believing. It involves speaking. And we can come to some of that. But let me emphasize this here right now. Your thinking, say my thinking. Your thinking must also be right. And I'll tell you this right now. If your thinking is not right, your believing will not be right. Amen? And if your believing is not right, your speaking isn't going to be right. Your thinking must be right. The word of God says, turn John to, I wish you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. In other words, 
according to your soul prospering, according to your thinking prospering. In other words, you got to learn to think like God. Think like Jesus. Now, faith is a victory, but you got to fight it, and you got to fight that faith correctly. You got to function in it correctly. You got to win that fight. It says you got to fight the good fight of faith that you might do what? Lay a hold on eternal life. Remember, remember, it is all about the life of Christ. That life of Christ, that nature of Christ, that life of Christ being made manifest and taking you over, flowing out of your spirit is going to be the key to this living in divine hell. The law of the spirit that governs that life is what makes you free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8.2. So it says, fight the good father of faith so that you might lay a hold, get a hold of what? Eternal life. That life. That abundant life. That life in which there is healing and there is divine health. That life of Christ. Now, I want to emphasize this thinking stuff. We speak about faith and we speak and teach about faith you know, believing and speaking, and that's fine. Whosoever shall say to this mountain and believe in his heart, with a, with a heart man believe unto, with a mouth confession is made unto salvation, and that's all fine. However, the foundation of your believing, the foundation of your faith, the foundation of your, of your, of your speaking is in your thinking. The foundation of faith is, and, and I'm going to go further, the foundation and stability of your faith is your thinking. The foundation and the stability of your faith is your thinking. In other words then, when you think the way God thinks, and that is called being spiritually minded. You know, we tangle up ourselves as to what it means spiritually minded, and a lot of the, uh, and a lot of the applications are valid. I'm not saying it isn't. But, the, but at the end of the day, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Romans 8 verse 6 is life. And remember, what do we want to get a hold of? That life of Christ. We got it in our spirit, but we want it to be flowing. Amen? And so to be spiritually minded, to be spiritually minded is life. That life, to be spiritually minded... Operating according to your spirit. According to your spirit. When you think exactly as your spirit thinks. And your spirit delights in the word of God. When you think the way the word thinks. You line up with God. Now, God said in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 through 11. He says, my thoughts. Say my thinking. I want you to you know, stay focused here. It says, my, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. But, but, he says, as the rain comes down and causes the earth to bud and to bring forth, so shall my word be. He could have said, so shall my thoughts be, because the thoughts come from the word. It shall not return void. So in other words, God saying, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your thoughts are down there. My thoughts are higher. My ways are higher. It's not like the world. So you better don't be conformed to that world and expect to live and expect to prove and experience what this good, perfect, and acceptable life. You can forget it. He says, my thoughts, your, the, the world thoughts, the, the thoughts of the wicked, 
crooked, twisted against God. It's done. But my thoughts are higher, far higher. And then he says, but look here, I'm going to send you my word. And when you get a hold of my word, then you can get my thoughts and you can get my ways. That's why faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Now, I'm still, t- we're still talking about thoughts. How important? It's foundational to the believing. It's foundational to your faith. But it is also the stability of it. Mark eleven twenty three says, When you pray, believe, you receive it, and you shall what? Have it. It says, you, dec- you, dec- you shall declare what the Lord has said. Psalms 2, 7. But what happens between your sowing of the word, your declaring and your decreeing, and your believing, your receiving, what happens between then and when you're supposed to get your manifestation? What happens between there? What happens between there? The word of God says, if what happens between there, I believe, I receive, and it's happening coming into manifestation, if in between what's happening is you being double-minded, you wondering, I'm not so sure if this works. I don't, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you're wandering back and forth. What does it say? James 3, 6, 1, verse 6 to 8. A double-minded man is what? Unstable in all of his ways. Let not that double-minded man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Does it say that? Because he's like a wave to a stone. In other words, then, what is going to keep you steady between when you believe you receive and the manifestation is going to be your thinking. How you think. Amen? How you think. What's happening between I believe I receive and the manifestation? Are you in the place where even though I don't see, yet I rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory? Is that where you are? Okay. Well, how about the joy and peace that comes from believing that you might abound in hope? Is that happening? This is the in-between. This is what happens. You see, we don't, this is where we lose it. We lose it and because, you see, between the believe you receive and the manifestation, you have got to maintain your thinking, and out of that thinking comes expectation. You, in other words, while the storm is still raging, while there are symptoms trying to play with you, you still have to be in that place where I expect to see the goodness of God. God, I for the joy that is, you got to have that expectation. And that's connected to your thinking. And so then, Hebrews 6 and verse 19 says that your thinking, your, I'm amplifying it, your thinking, your, 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 your confident expectation, your, 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 the positive imagination, the hope is an anchor for your soul. It will keep the ship anchored. Even though the waves are beating against it. Even though the storms of life are happening. Even though there's symptoms. It can keep you anchored. You get my point? So what is the point I'm saying? Your thinking matters. So much so. This is why God would say in Psalms 51 and verse 6. That he desire truth in the inward part. And by the way, Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Amen. So, I'm, you see, if I don't get anywhere else, but just get this thinking stuff out, this thinking stuff out. How did I, did I say that wrong? Thinking. <laughs> this thinking stuff out. Then it would be worth it. The Lord revealed this to me some time ago 
I've told this story. I don't, not a, I, just don't, I, I don't want to keep telling the same story. But when I broke my leg and all that stuff, and, da, 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 and God had shown me what, it, what, it, what, it, what is required to live in divine health. And, and I, I fell off the ladder. That was 2010. Broke my leg. I lost the revelation completely. I didn't get it back until 2013 or 15. 2015. Ooh, five years before I got a revelation back. But I'll tell you what it is. It's very simple. All right? The revelation, the secret, the singular secret to living in divine health is your thinking. You must think right. And even to the point where you learn to think right perpetually. So that you learn to reject thoughts that are not right and bring them into captivity. All right, where is this coming from? Give me some scripture to back this up. Okay, fine, sure. Okay, Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Forget not. That means you must keep it in your remembrance. That means you must keep it in the forefront of your thinking. Forget not what? All his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, and who heals all your diseases. Forget not. He heals all your diseases. Let it be the forefront of your thinking that he heals all your diseases. Your thinking must be, he heals all my diseases. He heals all my diseases. This is how I think. Now, that means... Now watch it now. You are to think wellness, not illness. You must think wellness, not illness. It will go on to say in verse 7 that God shall God reveal his acts. The children of Israel saw God's acts and they saw the demonstrations, but they did not understand his ways. They did not understand his ways. And what I'm saying here is this. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your thinking is going to control and supersede and precede your believing and your speaking. Which means it's, the, it's, it's not only it's the foundation of your faith, but it's going to be the stability of your faith. So Proverbs 4.23 in the Good News Version says, Be careful then how you think. Why? Because your life is going to be shaped by your thoughts. In other words, you want to live in divine health? You got to think divine health. Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 31 regarding anxiety and worry. He says, don't take that thought and say it. Don't take that thought. Don't take that thought. Don't take that thought. That thought that is contrary to divine health, don't take it. Don't take it. Reject it. Set your mind and your affections and your thoughts on the things which are above where your life is hid with Christ in God, where the word of God is forever settled in heaven. But don't take that thought. Now, is this easy? No, it's not easy. I wish it, were, it was easy. Right? As I said last week, there is a narrow is the way that leads to this life. And unfortunately, few find it. But you are part of the few. I declare you are part of the few. So this pathway that leads to what? Life. 
this life we are talking about is the life of Christ. That's the divine help right there. I didn't say it's easy though. And here's, let me show you this here. To think wellness and not illness, you've got to become skillful and consistent at rejecting every thought of illness. And you got to do that in an environment where they're going to keep telling you the common cold. It's common because everybody believes it's common. And they say it's common. Not common for you. You're not thinking that way anymore. You reject any thought. You think wellness, not illness. That means you cannot allow your, You cannot be listening. You know, you turn on the TV. I mean, I'm a basketball person. And I mean, or, or, or you watch the news, then you have these commercials in between. Oh, somebody here, here is this pill, here is this medication, and this can do this for that. And then, but somewhere in between, then they start telling you about these side effects, these terrible side effects. And you listening to these side effects, what is that feeding into your mind? Are you with me? So it means you may have to turn it off. You may have to do a next version. Guard your heart. With all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You may have to do 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. Cast down every imagination and make every thought be brought into captivity and into obedience to the word of God. Because you, you decide, I'm going to think like God. I'm going to believe like God. I'm going to talk like God. I'm going to act as he is. And that's how you live in divine health. Amen. In the natural realm, Okay, skip that. Psalms 37. Sorry, time. Psalms 37. Look at this here for a moment. Okay, alright. Psalms 37 verse, first of all verse 31. The law, no, let's read verse 30. The mouth, and we're going to come to the mouth in a moment, because you're going to think right, you're going to believe right, you're going to have to talk right. Amen? The man's tongue is like a pen of a ready writer, and it writes on the tablet of his heart. You want to make sure the right stuff is inscribed there. Okay, but anyway, Psalms 37 verse 30 says, the mouth of the righteous, say I'm righteous. Say it again. Say it again. Now if you are righteous according to the word of God by the spirit of revelation, it means you are in oneness with Christ. It means Christ himself is your life. Christ has made unto you righteous. You are, in other words, let, if you are the righteous, then you act like the righteous. You talk like the righteous. You think like the righteous. You act like Jesus. You talk like Jesus. You think like Jesus. You are one with him. He is the vine. You are the branch. The life and sap in the vine is the life and sap in the branch. That's you. All right. So, hmm, Aka, the law of his, okay, verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. And his tongue talks of justice. You could say his tongue talks righteousness. And then the next verse. The law of his God is in his heart. That's his mind. And none, none of his steps shall slip. When the righteous, now first of all, you notice the thinking comes before the speaking. None of his steps shall slip. Why? Because the law of God. The law of God. The way God thinks. The way God thinks. That's in his heart. 
and that controls his thinking, it controls his speaking, and none of his steps shall slip. That means what? He doesn't get tripped up. He's not snared by the words of his mouth. The devil can't trap him. While I'm on it, let me just flip over here just very briefly. Proverbs chapter 8. Listen to Proverbs chapter 8. Say truth. Truth is what is settled in heaven. Truth is Jesus. Truth is the word of God. Romans chapter, Proverbs chapter 8 verse 7. My mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. I don't speak contrary to what the word of God say. I'm not speaking based on what the environment, the circumstances, the traditions, the history, the background, or even my body is trying to say. My body is saying something different to the word of God. I say you are a liar. Let God be true. By his stripes I'm healed. And furthermore, I command you to line up with the word of God. All right. All right, let's move on. So, the truth is... No, okay, okay, okay. Anyway. Uh, okay. Anyway, so let's talk about how, how should you think in order to walk in divine health? How should you think? Well, I've already said some of it, but let me emphasize it here. You must think... You've got to be, you need to know and think this thought that you already have. You already have all of the divine health and healing that you already have it all in your spirit. You've got to believe you have it. Now, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that and, and endeavor to prove to you that you have it. That you have it constantly, perpetually. It's a constant in your life. But before I, I, I prove that, let me explain to you why, why it is very, very important. Philemon 6 says, I've said it before, I'll keep saying it. Why is it so important for you to believe that you've got all this divine health inside your spirit? You're not trying to get it, you got it. Say, I got it. Philemon 6 says that your faith will work. It puts it in Elizabethan language, the communication of your faith. But let's Break it down. Your faith is going to work and it's going to produce when you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. So when you acknowledge that I've got divine healing power, divine health in my spirit, you're positioning your faith to work. And before, number one, your thinking is going to start working right. You're believing in everything else. Titus 1 verse 1 says, the last part of that verse, the acknowledgement of the Truth is godliness. The acknowledgement of truth produces the God kind of life. What's the God kind of life? He wants to be, he says, our body is the temple of the living God. Glorify God in your body. Does he not say that? God is glorified. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Jesus says, I'm going to come heal him. Why? So that, I can, so that God can be glorified. Yes. Amen. So, here is the point. The re is, uh, you, is, you need to acknowledge you, you have this divine health already. 
because that's what makes your faith work. And that is what will, will, will um, the acknowledgement of the truth is going to produce that God kind of life. And then also to John 8, 32. You shall know what? The truth. And the truth will make you free. Amen? All right. Now, so let me convince you. Can I convince you if I can? But by the word and by the spirit of God. That you have all the divine health that you can ever need or desire. In fact, you have enough to distribute. <laughs> Amen? Praise the Lord. You have enough to take care of a whole city. Now, all right. Remember, the whole thing is wrapped up in the life of Christ. It's all in the life of Christ. So let me just give you some scriptures as, as, as quickly and as precisely as I can. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10. It says, when you were born again and Jesus came on the inside of you, when he came, guess what? He brought his life. Did he? And when he brought his life, it says, listen to this, his life and immortality came to the light through the gospel. What does that mean? Remember, he alone dwells, he alone has immortality, 1 Timothy 6, 12. He alone has this immunity from death. He tasted death for every man to deliver us from that. So now when he comes into our heart and he comes into our life, first of all, everything he has comes with him. Isn't that good? Because he that spared not his own son, when he gave you Jesus, Jesus came with everything he's got. Jesus came with his divine health. Jesus came with the immortality that is in his spirit. So therefore, 2 Timothy 1 verse 10 says, He brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? The gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So life and immortality, immunity to death, is now your portion because Jesus brought it with him. <laughs> glory to God. Life and immortality, immunity to death. All right. So you say, I got it. Romans 8 verse, 8 verse 36, John 8 verse 36 says, said, um, that um, whom the son sets free is mostly free. No, no, no. He is free indeed, totally. All right. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. God has blessed us with almost every spiritual blessing, with every spiritual blessing, does that include healing? Does that include divine health? Second Corinthians chapter one, Second Peter chapter one verse three. He's given you all things, most things that pertain unto life and godliness. All things. It includes divine health, and we could go on and on and on. But let's just turn the, turn the ship just a tiny little bit. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4 says, He's given you these great and precious promises so that by these you can take the part of the divine nature that you need. Well, the part I'm be talking about right now is divine health. That you might be a partaker of that. So, and that divine health is the is divine nature. The divine nature. Divine nature. It's the divine nature. Now understand this. In that nature of God is all of the healing, all of the wholeness. It is unapproachable light. It is the fire of God. 
It is the glory of God. Amen? It is the kingdom of God. It is God. It is him, the fullness of him. Now, so now 1 John 4 says, Whoever is born of God overcometh. So you are born of God. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Greater is he than is in. Ye are of God, you're born of him. What does that mean? You have his nature. You have his, say I have his nature. First John 3, 9 says, the seed of God remains in him. And it is impossible for him to sin. You might sin because you mess up with your soul or your body. But in your spirit, no, you've got a divine nature. And it's impossible for that nature to sin. Well, it is impossible for that nature to have any death, sickness, or disease dwelling in it. You got to believe that. You got to think that way. Because it is the truth. 1 John 5, 12 to 14 says that if you've got Jesus, he that has the Son have life, eternal life. You have eternal life. That's the nature of God. And that very nature of God is also righteousness. Say righteousness. All right. You are made the righteousness of God. So that righteousness of God, now think about it. The righteousness of God, righteousness is oneness. Can you have, if you have oneness with Christ, then the life of Christ becomes your life. Does that make sense? No wonder. So, Romans 8 verse 10 says, now turn your mind towards the righteous, say the righteousness factor. Just to put your mind over there. Oneness, say oneness. Romans 8 verse 10 says, your spirit is life because of righteousness. Proverbs 11 verse 4 says, Righteousness delivers from death. Delivers from death. Now actually there is a message that shows righteousness delivers from everything and anything whatsoever. Anything. That's a message by itself, but that's coming up soon. Righteousness delivers from death. Now here's one of my favorites. Proverbs 12 verse 28. You should write this one down. It says, in the way... Hmm, Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the way of righteousness is life. And there is no death in that pathway. In other words, then, when you are in harmony with righteousness, here is the very life of Christ. And that life is healing. It's wholeness. It's the life of Christ. Now, righteousness, oneness. Colossians 2 verse 10 says, you are complete in Christ. You have the very fullness of the Godhead in you. It says that new creation person put on a new man, which is created in what? Righteousness and true holiness. That's the nature of God. Say, I've got the nature of God. It says this new man, Colossians 3 verse 10 and 11, has been created after the knowledge of him that created him. And we could go on and on and on. Man, it is the easiest thing to settle. That when you are born again. Man, you don't have no two natures. Some sin nature. No. You've got the nature of God. And in that nature in your spirit. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. There's all the healing power that you could ever desire. So what do you need to do? You need to just draw that power and that life and healing that is on the inside. And bring it to the outside. Philippians, Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says, work it out. Work out your salvation. Draw it out. Work out your salvation. Draw it out. Well, you know, salvation includes divine health. So it says, pull it out. 
pull it out, get it distributed to the rest of your body. How? The application of the truth. You shall apply the truth and that truth will make you free. Pull it out. How? Faith. Faith is thinking. That's the, oh, that's the foundation. Believing right. Speaking. And acting like it. All right. Now, so in your thinking, here is how you are to think. Now, we've also already said a lot of things. I'm going to say it a different way. Number one, you need to think spiritually. You need to be spiritually minded. Romans 8 verse 6, to be spiritually minded is what? Peace. It's wholeness. It's divine health. Think like God. Romans 12 verse 2 puts it this way. It says, don't be conformed to this world. But when we're renewed in your mind, what for? So you can think like God. So you can think the way your spirit thinks. So that you can walk after your spirit. How else should you think? Think righteous. Think righteous. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34 says, awake to righteousness. And stop coming short to the glory. Awake to righteousness. They are oneness and don't mean the place of separation because all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake to that oneness and don't be in that place of separation. Why? Proverbs 12 verse 28. Right? In the way of righteousness is what? Life. Amen? And the fear of the Lord. Think the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 19 verse 23 says, the fear of the Lord leads to life. That same life again. All I want is the life. Let the life be made manifest and I got it made. But what's the fear of the Lord? Trusting God, obeying God, living a life separated unto him. Amen? Praise the Lord. You can check this out. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 8. You can go read that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be held to all of your flesh. You can read that and study it out. Now, so, so that, that, so in other words, how do we do this stuff? You're thinking. Think right. Think spiritual. Think righteous. Think the fear of the Lord. Think like God. Get your mind renewed. And think that way. But then your mouth. Say my mouth. Let the words in my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be acceptable in the sight. So your mouth is part of the system. Now, in the same way, in the physical, I think I mentioned this last week, if, you're, if, you're, if you have a, a physical battle of some sort and you got a weapon, what part of your body do you use to wield that weapon? What part of your body do you use for the gun, for that sword, for that knife? It is your hand. Well, what part of your body do you use to operate the weapons of your warfare? The blood, the name, the word. Your mouth, say my mouth. Amen? But understand this. It's like your, the, the, your mouth, uh, your speaking is like the gun, but the thinking is the bullets. Got it? So if you're speaking and you have no bullets in there, you're just shooting blanks. <laughs> Got it? <laughs> so, but, uh, but don't, don't say, hey, hey, but you need the gun. You need the gun. <laughs> so this is your gun. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. So your mouth. So, and the, the Bible says when Jesus comes back, he's going to destroy the enemy with the word of his mouth. He ain't going to come and get into the dirt to fight the devil and all the nations that are going to be coming. No, he's just going to speak the word and the sword of his mouth will wipe them all out. Well, it is that way for you and I too. It says, don't say, Jesus, come up. Jesus, come down. No, he is right here. He's right here. 
Speak from that life. That word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. You speak to the mountain yourself. You've got that authority. And God has already, and that's the, that's the voice of righteousness. The righteousness which is of faith speaks and operates that way. And God has already put out a word unto all creations, visible and invisible. God has spoken this. God said, let everything, everywhere, bow to the voice of righteousness. Isaiah 45, verse 23. That's the reason why mountains must obey you. That's the reason you can speak to the storm. That is the reason you can call Lazarus forth. That is the reason you can command your body to line up. Because this is how it works. His ways are not our ways. They're higher, but they work. So your mouth, your mouth, your mouth. God says, I'm going to make my word in your mouth like a fire. I'm going to make it like a hammer, like a fire so that it can burn and destroy that cancer. I'll make it like a hammer so that it can, it can destroy that arthritis. Beat it to pulp. Make pulverize it. Whatever it is, that stiffness in the joint. I'm going to make my word in your mouth like a fire and like a hammer. You are a king, and where the word of a king is, there is power. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 4. So you got to learn to speak the word of God. And you also consistently, and you got pers- to be persistent, perpetual. They that love his salvation, his healing, his prosperity, let them say continually. Let them say continually. Amen? Now, but then you must be consistent. Perpetual, yes. Consistent, yes. Meaning what? You say the same thing. All the time. All the time. All the time. It's not in the morning you're blessed and in the evening you're cursed. So it looks like it's working. No, it's not. No, no, no. Say the same thing all the time. Why? Here's the deal. The scripture says in Proverbs chapter, no, sorry. John chapter 3 verse 34. I'm hurrying. John chapter 3 verse 34. That Jesus had the power of the Holy Ghost backing him up without limit because he did not speak his own words. He only spoke the word of God. And as a result, he had the Holy Ghost without measure. Well, God says to you and I in Jeremiah 15 verse 19 that if you would separate the precious from the vile, you're going to be like my mouthpiece. And your words wouldn't fall to the ground. Do you see that? So being perpetual, yes. Being consistent, now there are times you're just going to have to say nothing rather than talk wrong. Amen? But God said, this is my system. Tell Titus 1 verse 3. That I will perform, I'm, I perform these things by the preaching, by the declaration of the word. Amen? And then of course, you got to be tenacious. Say tenacious. You know, you, you ever seen, <laughs> I saw there's this little, there's this, tic, this cute little TikTok. I saw with a kid. I think his parents or something did something to him. And the little kid did this. You remember that one? <laughs> the little kid pulled up his sleeve and said, okay. <laughs> I, this was so cute. <laughs> right? But, but anyway, I say that to say this. You've got to be tenacious. You've got to be violent. It says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but you got to be more violent. The violent take it by force. And God has made a promise. God says, if you were reconciled, Romans 5 verse 9, through his death. You were reconciled when you were a sinner. Away from God, you were reconciled 
through Jesus' death, how much more now that you are reconciled will you be saved by his life? Not, not his death now. We're talking his life. You shall be saved and be whole because of his life. Amen? All right. We're going to stop here. We're going to stop here and we're going to go have communion. When we got to have communion, we're going to do two things. And anyone or they go get your elements right now. We are going to have communion, but we're going to have communion from this perspective. From the perspective of communion being what? what co your common union that you have with Christ. You have a common union. You have an intimate share and participation in everything Jesus did in his body and in his shed blood. And the scripture teaches that when you discern the Lord's body and you recognize what's going on here, you will not be weak, you will not be sickly, nor will you die early. But you must discern, you must recognize that in that body, when he died, I died. When he was resurrected, I was resurrected. My sickness was placed in him. You've got to make that identification. Now, we're going to teach you that another time. But right now, all you need to know is that you've got a common union. You were baptized into his death. You were buried with him by baptism. Right? You were resurrected with him. You ascended with him. You were made to sit at the Father's right hand. You were washed by his blood. You have the authority of his name. All the promises are yours because you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. And you have the very life of Christ. You were fully immersed in the sacrifice of Christ. You were baptized into Christ. Baptized into his death. You have a common union. An intimate share and participation in everything he did. And for that reason he said in John chapter 6. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. You're not going to have this part. You're not going to have my life. In other words he says you be consumed with me. It's no longer you. But it's Christ that liveth in me. Are you with me? You overcome by the blood. And you love not your life even unto death because you lay it down. It's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that lives in you. So let's have communion from that perspective, and then we're going to pray uh, 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 in a certain manner. So right now, just... Come on now. Okay, get the... I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Glory to God. For as often as you do this, you do show and demonstrate and make a proclamation regarding the Lord's death until he come. Hallelujah. So now let's receive this bread and say, I receive healing and health. I'm a member of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. His body is totally healed. And he is my health. So as I receive this bread, I receive the very life of Christ. Healing and divine health. And it is released into every part of my being. In the name of Jesus. Let's receive that bread. Now oh, see this. I receive this cup. Whatever this drink is, I receive it as his blood. I'm in covenant with God. The life of the flesh is in the blood. The spirit of God that raised up Jesus from the dead quickens my mortal body. So as I receive this cup, I declare all that God is, 
all that God has, I have access because of this blood covenant. Divine protection for me and my family, but also divine health for me and my family. With long life, good life, strong life, he satisfies me. The number of my days I will fulfill. I'm going to live long and I'm living strong by the authority of this blood in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to ask you to stand and I want us to do something. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now you at home do the same thing. Might not be there to lay hands on you, but I'll tell you something. Here is the deal. We've talked about this. Every single one of us that is born again. It doesn't matter if you're a new Christian or old Christian. You're walking up and down. You're having difficulty. You have the divine healing and health in your spirit. Now I know you got to learn to walk right, but you've got it in your spirit. You have it and it's there constantly. Now, the scripture says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And it says, this spake ye about the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say that regarding that river, Ezekiel 47 verse 9, wherever that river goes, if there was sickness, it was driven out and there's going to be healing. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. You have that river. We are going to release that river. And in, in the spirit, there's no distance. Wherever you are, there's no distance. We're going to release that river from our spirit. It will flow among us, including you that are online. And there is healing in that river. Not only that, this Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead will quicken your body. So we believe God for the power of God to be released into whatever part of your body you need throughout your being. If you have no illnesses, that's fine. That same power can just super empower every part of your being so that you can live in divine health. Amen? And then what I'm also going to do is I'm going to speak the word in the name of Jesus. So let us all make this confession together. Say it from the depths of your heart. Say this right now. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am one with Jesus. I have the healer living inside of me. Now, I don't want to offend anyone, but this comes up in my spirit. I'm not the woman with the issue of blood trying to touch the hem of his garment. I have the garment. I have the healer. He lives in me. I have his life. I am one with him. And out of my belly flows rivers of living water. Flows rivers of healing power and virtue. It flows out of my spirit. So right now, I'm activating it. I'm voice activating it. With my faith and with my mouth. In the name of Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking now. Now, when the river flows, and we all have the river flowing, and those rivers come together, together they make a flood. And the word of God says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So there's going to be a flood to drive out any kind of infirmity. So say this with me. In the name of Jesus, by faith, I release that river into every part of my being. 
so that there is a flood of the power of God, of the healing virtue, of resurrection power, power of the Holy Ghost flowing in my body. It's distributed into every cell, every joint, every organ throughout my body. Now in the name of Jesus, by the authority of righteousness, I speak to my body and I say, body, you'll be healed. Obey the word of God. Line up doing the word of God. I am the heal of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I speak to every spirit of infirmity and I command it. Go from me in the name of Jesus. My body is off limits to sickness and disease and the torment of the enemy. I am the heal of the Lord. I am the heal of the Lord. And Father, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I send forth that word, that word that heals, that word that delivers. In the name of Jesus, maybe there's someone that does need a brand new kidney. Nothing is impossible. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I speak healing. I speak wholeness. Every sickness, every disease, bow to the life of Christ. Bow to the power of the Holy Ghost. Bow to the authority of righteousness. Now in Jesus' name, we live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. In the name of Jesus. So take your healing. Rejoice over it. Abundant thanksgiving. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You want to? <laughs> Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Bless your name. Oh, bless your name. Bless your name. If you are anywhere out in this Hamilton area, maybe just a few miles away, you can come join us here on Sundays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God has something for you right here. Now, for those online... We invite you, join us on our Zoom Bible study on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, tlmh.ca slash live. And you just click on Tuesday or you click on Wednesday. It's also one where you can share and, and ask questions or whatever the case might be. But anyway, but as for right now, I declare the word of God over you. You are forever blessed. So stay strong, stay blessed until we meet again next.